Hey, you're listening to the Church League Podcast. We finally made it back. I don't know if we're going to call this Season 2 or we're just going to keep calling it Season 1, but a lot of good things are currently happening. Fantasy football, college football, um, FIBA basketball. We're going to try to hit it all. Maybe we won't. Maybe we will. Um, But we're glad to be back on the horse. It's going to be a good one. Let's get started. Hey everybody, it's Church League Podcast here with James and Corey. How you guys doing? We're back. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. It, it hasn't felt like it's been that long, but it has. It has. It's been a while. Uh, lots of questions like why, where you at, what's going on. It's nice to know we're missed. We did get a couple text messages that said, yeah. hey, fantasy football's approaching. I need to draft my team. Where's the info? Yeah, and we, I mean, it's probably too late for most people, but maybe some people are drafting tonight. We'll give you some info today. Um, yeah, we'll give you some I tips, strategies. from our our draft, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, um, I... Uh, I mean, a lot has happened. We're not going to cover all the things that we've missed. No, I, I think because there's just too much. But we will talk about um, stuff that's currently happening, or maybe within the past week, couple days, or whatever, just like normal. Um, the goal is is to be back on the horse regularly. On that's the, on that's the, horse. the plan. That's the plan. I, we're, we're on a horse. We're like, like the like old Chief Osceola. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I mean, some things that are currently happening at the U.S. Open in tennis. Um, That's right. Uh, I mentioned Ben Shelton earlier, and neither one of them knew who that was. So uh, Ben, it's yeah. Ben, <laughs> I figured Ben Shelton was either a golfer, a tennis player, or a professor at Liberty that you had for one of your yeah no classes. Uh, no Ben Shelton. Uh, he's young. I think he's eighteen, nineteen. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, the NCAA um, collegiate champion uh, fifteen months ago. I honestly thought you were talking about pickleball again. Yeah. No. 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 Uh, I think Illinois, oh. uh, and then he uh, is now in the semifinal at the U.S. Open. That's awesome, and that's super cool. Uh, Fritz and TFO both lost. Um, Fritz played Djokovic, which was no shock right. there, but TFO lost to Shelton, um, and TFO is ranked ten in the world. So it was a huge win for Ben Shelton. I used to get frustrated when the U.S. players would knock each other out, and then mm-hmm. I realized we had more we had more people in the draw. Correct. So right, can't complain. Um, there was even a, there was another stat that that popped up was that there were uh, four. This is the first time since, actually, I think it was maybe the first time ever in the U.S. Open that there are four African-Americans in the quarterfinal of, awesome. of a slam. Yeah. Um, hey, Coco Golf is... Uh, both yeah, Coco Golf is included yeah. in that, so, um, which I'm, is super neat. I've been paying attention to that. I want to see her get her first one. Yeah. I, well, now that Swiatek is out, uh, she lost to Osipanko, and that's who Coco Golf annihilated in the quarterfinals. Yeah. And Osipanko is really annoying, by the way. She is... She's like one of those whiners that complains and just uh, uh, right. Sh- I tell you, I, I, t- the U.S. Open kind of lost me when Jonathan Isner lost because this is his last one. He a lost in a crying. five setter, which makes which is exactly poetic. what John Isner would need. But um, he was retired. Yes. Yeah. Um, Jack Sock has also officially retired, and guess what he's doing now? He's going to be a professional pickleball player. He should be. And do you also you remember Donald Young? He no. was um oh he was supposed to be like the next great American thing like fifteen sixteen years ago yeah. and he is now becoming a professional Jack player. Jack Sock needs to get like stance to like I agree like general booty yeah 
We're going to talk about college football here in a little right, bit. Right, um, right. You may need to you may need to explain that one before we go any further. Well, oh, uh, so this guy's na- <laughs> the quarterback for Oklahoma, uh, the Oklahoma Sooners. His name is General Booty. We're not making yeah, that yeah, up. Yeah. It's not a nickname. That is his actual God-given name. Well, parent-given. name. I like his parents already. Uh, right. So he signed a deal with an underwear company because yeah. his last name is Booty. It makes a lot of it makes a lot yeah. sense. Um, so good for him, man. Just honestly, if you were to get an NIL deal, would it be with? Nope, nope. I don't know. Stance, a hat company? What? No, no, no. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. I'm not really sure what it would be, but it. <laughs> I don't. I don't even. I don't. All right, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe a a Bible. Um, yeah, something like company that. Company or something. Just, yeah, maybe Zondervan. Yeah, okay. get me in there. That's where I was thinking. Yeah. Right. Um, baseball though is currently happening. Um, Lauren would want me to mention Jose Altuve. Um, I, I mentioned that pregame. You did, but Lauren was like, "Hey, right. talk about the Astros because they're fighting for for the for first place." Yeah, thanks for listening, Lauren. Um, she's no, been no, listening. No, no. When, she's not going to listen when to we this. haven't even been published. Let's not let's not pretend like Lauren's going to listen to this now. Like none of, that has not changed. <laughs> um, three hits or three home runs and in three innings. Last four night. home runs and five at bats. Yeah, wild. I will say I, I watched that. I was looking for the highlight, and the announcers were boring with it they're like oh that's three home runs and three at bats and it was i'm like come on you need to yell get excited no, listen it's like, that's it's like insane stinking joe buck david freeze hits that <laughs> stinking home run game six of the world series and we will see you tomorrow night like i want to stab him in the throat that made me so mad i don't know but now he has it would surprise me he has someone like his security team is now gonna Whatever. File restraining order. Whatever. He only has that Roman job from the podcast. He only has that job because his dad was so much better than him. Um, uh, speaking of home runs, I've seen uh, the Braves have hit 259 home runs this season, 46 more than the second place team. I wow. think there's a little something suspect going on there. That's might, impressive. Balls might be juiced. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean that was the thing last year, right? Or I, I, I think it was like two years ago. Two, maybe two years ago. Yeah. I well, that's that, weird. They were worried pitchers were using substances or getting more rotation on the ball. So, so people weren't able to hit as well. And so I think it's a, there's a constant adjustment. I'd love, I would love for that documentary to come out whenever all that is found out. Oh, yeah. Know? And not just how teams are cheating or trying to cheat the system or, or get you know all the information they can, but sure. how baseball in particular is trying to make the brand watchable more than just – you know, pitch, do you pitch think, clocks and things like that. Do you that. think spider tack or whatever those substances are the same as, like, PEDs? Do you think that it's on the same level? Like, it would keep someone from going to the Hall of Fame? I would think that the spider tack might be more impactful, mm-hmm. maybe. I would agree with that statement. Is, is Joe Necro in the Hall of Fame? I mean, like, you got these old guys who used to use who knows what. Was it Phil Necro, by Phil, the way? Joe, Phil. I only know that because of um, Joe Phil. MLB The Show. Um, because, I mean, you can throw... 70 or 80, which isn't doing anything in the MOB, but at your rotation, and oh, I mean, oh, yeah, you can just clown people. I mean, that's what that's what Greg Maddox was known for. Yeah, I mean, he didn't throw hard, but he was accurate. And are you saying Greg Maddox cheated? Uh, he might have. No way, it wouldn't surprise me. No yeah, like, way. listen, everyone cheated at some point. I don't like no one could convince me otherwise, except maybe. Uh, no, actually, no, everyone. I imagine at some point everyone's done something they weren't supposed to do. Phil so, well, another Phil. stat on home runs, though, real quick. He's not hitting the amount of home runs, but Royce Lewis for the Twins has hit three grand slams in a week. That's dope. That is four grand slams in his first 13 career that's, home runs. That's crazy. As a Reds fan, wow. getting four players on base at the same time is a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like more of a Cardinals thing this year, Corey. Right. Um, but, like, we're, we're barely squeaking them out. Hey, quick shout-out. We're in 
we're I think a game up in the wild card mm-hmm. at this point. Um, yep. We're probably out of the central. Well, I don't think we can catch the Brewers. I don't know It'd if we can tough. even catch the Cubs, yeah. who have been insanely hot. Yeah. Um, so, and they they made some really good acquis- acquisitions. Yeah. Um, so they figured it out, which is crazy. But three teams I, out of the central, I would not have expected that. In the well, I um I definitely um have I took notifications off for the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, oh, that's on my, on the phone. I mean, like the reality, we're losing games. The Cardinals have lost. 34 games in the eighth inning or later. That is that is outrageous. What I love is that you can take those notifications off on your phone, but those notifications are still running in your head. Like There's that, one right wow, there, baby. that was actually really impressive. <laughs> That's what it sounds like in your head. <laughs> That's hey, exactly what it sounds like, like every bling, single time. St. Louis is, that is that terrible new, this year, Is that a new team update now? <laughs> that, is, that is so frustrating. It is so consistently frustrating to like... Like last night, the Cardinals are up 9-1 to one. And we give up five runs in the eighth inning, and I thought I, t- I looked at Lauren. And I said, "If we lose this game, I'm I'm like burning all of my Cardinal stuff." <laughs> no, like, well, yeah, like, this is it looks like ridiculous. Really bad too, no, yeah, we, we just we just suck. Like it is. There's no like there's there's nothing good about the Cardinal season at all. Like maybe Jordan Walker and Mason win. Like those are the two cool things. And Jordan Walker, by the way, is a rookie, and he looks older. Than Adam Wainwright. At least, they, um, at least someone listened to you and they got Giolito off of um, waivers, right? Let me tell you, <laughs> the fact that we didn't pick up Giolito, we didn't pick up anybody, we didn't pick up a single human being. Like, how you just let like a, a like a Cy Young runner-up from two seasons ago walk away? Because you're waving players. You guys we are suck. selling this season. But he was nothing. He was literally nothing. <laughs> I mean, like you've got to be kidding me. I will say, I'm I'm, I'm excited that the Reds got a couple players. Yeah, good for so the Harrison Reds. Bader. I mean, there's some Harrison Bader. That's a good. You're welcome for him. By if the way. we can get in the to the playoffs, I mean, that's exciting. Losing Harrison Bader was a downfall of Cardinals. I hope he's in Cincinnati to stay. Yeah, but, I mean, he's a problem because, like last night, it's the ninth inning tie game. He yep. gets a single, he gets a stolen base, single, and he's in. Mm-hmm. You can't walk him. Mm-mm. He's going to get a stolen base or two. Yeah, I mean, so right now he's. If he's on base, he makes pitchers think about yeah, it. Yeah, he makes them think about it for sure. So, um, oh, yeah, yes, yep, <laughs> love it. I know, well, because he started, he started talking to the, the pitcher again. I don't know if I've done this on the podcast, but I want to apologize. Oh, to Nick Glass. Oh, really? We did like a um, start bench cut. That's Nick right there. It is. You need to fix that. I did. I thought so I did. So we did a start did. bench cut at the, one of the earliest podcasts. Yes. With like the Phillies, the Braves, and I don't know who else it was. And maybe the Yankees or Boston. I can't remember. Yeah, who. something like that. Um, and it, it could have been the, the Indians. I don't know. But um, And I think I, I cut the Braves. You did. That you was did, a gross. You, you did cut the, gra- um, the Braves. That was a gross statement to make well, at the this best, point. They're the best team in baseball, right? Yeah. So in hindsight, I could say, cut <laughs> them. But I just thought, you know, maybe, I thought the Phillies, and the Phillies are charging a little bit. Sure. So, but, yeah, the Braves, they're insane. So, sorry, Nick. Yeah. Well, we'll Nick, get there. Yeah. Nick, send us, a, send us an email. Let us know how, uh, how you feel about that apology. <laughs> um, I will say, since we have been gone, Messi is still exactly who we thought he was, and that's the man. Oh yeah, um, he's been killing it in MLS. Um, I mean, obviously in his debut, he scored the winning goal. 
uh, which is crazy. He scored multiple goals in almost every match he's played. I, like just now, is it messy? You think the situation with him is that the other players are in all, and they just kind of stand around and watch him on the field? Maybe I think he creates space. I mean, yeah. he's he's a scorer, but he's also good at passing. So like. He's he's creating you know the mismatch. People are paying attention to that, and then he's able to facilitate. So and who's going to go in for the aggressive slide tackle on Messi? And then right, you know, like this. Right. He kind of, does he have this bubble around him? And he's kind of just there is a little respect for him that people are going to be a little less aggressive. Yeah, aggressive. You think that like that changes? KGB, you think that changes way. next year though? When it's like, all right, we're done with like great. You had your show, you had your <laughs> take time, him out. but we're done. And not necessarily to take him out, yeah, but it's no. like, all right, now we yeah. you've had your moment in the sun. We're it's it's time to show you that this is real American soccer. Yeah. I think some of that depends on you know how likable he is on the field. Like he seems to be a good dude. Yeah, if he's not a good dude and he plays dirty, if he's headbutting people, then people are like, all right, yeah, you've had your time. I'm taking you out. Slide tackle. Here it comes. <laughs> I mean, fair. I mean, kind. I mean, kind of fair. I guess. I mean, I. But I don't know. At the same time, I would like to see people play as hard as they could against him. And I'm sure that there are some people that are. Maybe we just don't fully understand yeah. that. That's just how good he is. I mean, clearly he performed better than everyone else in every league he's ever been in. Right. So you think he's the greatest of all time? Without question. I don't really know what else. Winning the it's World Cup. It's obviously a different podcast. I'd love to have yeah. a soccer expert, yeah, like football expert come in, I guess. Winning the World Cup. It's called Foot soccer. Winning, winning the World Cup, I think, absolutely cemented his legacy. And it wasn't like he won the World Cup as some like random on the sideline. Yeah. Like He pretty much won that World Cup final for Argentina. Yeah. So... Uh, without I, dating back to like the Pele's or stuff that we didn't really know about, you know, I mean, right? He's well, the current I'm, time, well, and it's and I think it's the same idea as what we as when the like people make the same arguments for like Bill Russell, like he was playing against plumbers and electricians. Like I think that the quality of sports has is much higher now than yeah, it right. used to be. They're be, because of athletes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, technology, training. I mean, we have all of this understanding we were able to learn from the past yeah. to be better now than we were. I'm sorry. It's not meant it. to be today, Roman. I'm I don't know what's going on. With I, honestly... Behind the scenes, we've had like three microphone changes. Yeah, dude, it's been a it's been a wild one. Welcome um, back. It's been a wild one. Uh, Raw and much like our fantasy football draft, uh, unpredictable and a lot of uh, sometimes disappointment and also a lot of excitement. Um, well, we've got to hit it, but we've got we had a request. Hey, I'm about ready to draft my fantasy football team, and I haven't heard any yeah. suggestions. Yep. And so, how many mock drafts do you think we did personally? Uh, I did well over two hundred. What? Yeah, for I sure. I may have done. I may have done closer to th- four yeah, or five. I mean, I, I mean, I did a lot. I did one. You did one. <laughs> I did. I did some article hopping, but no. At, no listen, mom. at I one point, I had two on my phone and one on my computer going on at the same time. Yeah, it's no, a sick. Do a bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah do a bunch. That's and fun. what all of those. Um, Mock drafts told me it's nothing can prepare you for nope. the room that we were in. No, you yeah. might as well With have done the same amount of research we did. That's the reality. And then, so that's one thing we had talked about. Is said, "Hey, we can prepare, and and we was need. We can talk about our sort of presentation, but right. we we weighted the picks, the who who finished last last year, and um, and kind of gave them an opportunity to choose their draft spot. And so we didn't know where we were going to be drafting until yeah. like an hour before the draft. Yep. So that created a scenario where you couldn't. I I drafted in every spot multiple times. Right. 
to try to prepare, and wow. then you couldn't prepare for what we. No, I mean absolutely not. I mean, and not not just because I think there are different strategies, but because there are people that are like, I'm here to hang out with the boys and just have a good time, and they don't that like the football hey, aspect leave, of it. Leave Chris Cannell's name out of it, right? But the football <laughs> aspect of it isn't why they're a part of the league, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, which is okay. I'm I'm cool with that. Well, and it's a men's it's a men's ministry. Event. Absolutely. Now it's not. I want it to be attended by more people. We had a couple of people. We had one this yeah. year that came that mm-hmm. wasn't even in our draft. Right. And he had a great time. Yep. Um, and we'd like it to be more of a fellowship opportunity than anything else. Um, but we we had some unique strategies on choosing players. Sure. Absolutely. Um, however, before we go into the unique strategies that we had, I think we should talk about some legitimate ones that are used um, for those of you that might actually want, if you're drafting today, and if you draft tomorrow, you're a crazy person because tomorrow is the start of the season. Um, draft at 5 p.m. for this 8 o'clock game? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean hey, if you're, if you're drafting today, you're glad you didn't pick Travis Kelsey up and he's injured. I, I mean, I'm still... I, I think he might play, but like... Yeah, but there's no way I'm still not... I mean, I'm still definitely picking Travis Kelsey yeah, more than well, likely in the first hyper, round hyper at some extension point. for him? Yeah. They say the um, ACL is intact. Yeah, so no, that's yeah. more than you could say for me, right? <laughs> um, but I will say for some for some legitimate ones, uh, Corey. It looks like you implemented this. Was you you went wide receiver heavy early on? You didn't pick a running back until so, late. In the so draft. yeah, I was in the seventh spot out of a ten person draft. Right. I had the choice between the seven and the nine. I chose the seven to get before you. Yeah, you did. I chose. <laughs> yeah, you I did. chose where to draft over who was drafting around me than the positions that I thought I was going to get. Because the people in front of me were unpredictable. Yeah, so last year they were unpredictable as well. And so um, I knew in this draft a hero running back strategy, which is a popular strategy if you can get one of the top two or three. Yeah. You pick that early, and then you don't pick another running back till later. Um, top two running backs went in the top three picks. Right. And so I had an opportunity to get good a good receiver so i just try to stack receivers and then i took what was available that's that's the if i give any advice take the best players available don't worry about um bye weeks don't worry about any of that other stuff yeah take the best players available and pay attention to how the draft's going so quarterbacks went mad early in ours so i grabbed a quarterback earlier than i wanted to right but i didn't grab a running back until round five right so you say uh quarterbacks went early so what about would you Somebody like Lamar, who I took with the third pick. Yeah, you're, in my opinion, you're getting a lot of points off somebody like that, right? So right. Well, see, in our draft, Hertz went first pick, pick four. Yeah, first round pick four. So um, that put everybody on edge on quarterbacks. Right. Most drafts, um, Hertz, um, Allen, and Mahomes were going picks five, six, and seven in round three. Yeah, I would not suggest, by the way, Hertz one hundred four. in my personal opinion. Well, that was a unique scenario, right? Sure. So D- Damon is in our draft. Mm-hmm. He he chose to kind of fill his roster as it's presented on the sheet. Quarterback, yep. running back, <laughs> running back, wide receiver. Yep. It's two two years in a row. He finished third last year with that strategy. Yep. I might start using that strategy. <laughs> well, he it got, seems to be working. So decent. after he got to round six and he got Dallas Goddard, which is a great stack with Jalen Hurts, um, he came to me and said, hey, do I need to get a kicker and a defense now? And I was like, no. You do not. I would not suggest it. I would wait until the end. And I appreciate you giving him that advice. I didn't want to. Um, I was almost like, yeah, do it. Get get the get Tucker before Nick does. Absolutely. Which t- I mean, Justin Tucker went two rounds later, which is wild. Um, my, oh, golly, my strategy is sort of similar to what 
Corey was saying is um, not necessarily like I went wide receiver heavy early. I actually saw a lot of people taking quarterbacks and tight ends early, and I was like, nah, I'm just gonna keep I'm gonna keep steady with uh, running backs and wide receivers, and um, kind of dump the tight end position for me. Thought I was gonna get somebody later in the draft, and then like we said. Some of these picks are unpredictable. Yeah, so people were picking their second tight ends at that point. Yeah, some people were second yeah. tight ends in the in the tenth, eleventh round, and well, that's a little much for which is not end. what which is not what you're expecting ever. And so when the tight end that I thought I was going to get, you know, I had to it's whatever. It is what it is. I ended up getting somebody off waivers, which is crazy that I've already gotten waivers. You got two waivers. You were smart, and if you could do this as well, Jonathan Taylor, Alvin Kamara. Um, who else was it that you, uh, you Jameson were to, Williams? Jameson Williams. You got some players that are suspended or players yeah. that are on the pup list. You can drop them into those um, spots that don't count. Yep, they reserve uh, well, reserve, the, spots. reserve spots. Yeah. yeah, and then you can go pick up people on waivers. So now you have three tight ends that you can wait to see. I do actually. I I dropped one of those tight ends already. I dropped um, Musgraves, who's the tight end for uh, for the Packers, which could end up being. Like he could end up being a really good yeah. tight end. Um, no, but I dropped him actually for uh, Alexander Madison's backup, Ty Chandler. Yeah. Um, handcuffs are never a bad idea later in drafts if you can. So I got Tank Bigsby, um, who is Travis Etienne's backup. Yeah. Um, I usually so. use those spots. I try to get someone that I know I'm not going to keep and pick up some suspended players or whatever. Yeah. But this year we're a keeper league as well. So our, mm-hmm. our pick six and below, we can keep three of those players. Correct. And I picked Burrow as my top quarterback. In round four, I, mm-hmm. I needed another quarterback just in case he doesn't start. Yep. Anthony Richardson was laying around, and I picked him up in 14. And right. it's a possible keeper, but then he could p- be put in a spot. I can pick up a number of quarterbacks on waivers in yeah. a 10-team league. Absolutely. Because um, I've got two I didn't get picked up. Um, Goff didn't get picked up. Mm-hmm. Neither did um, Aaron Rodgers. So my three right. top wide receivers, I can get their stacks yeah. any given time mm-hmm. um, through waivers. So would you say, though, um, like we said, with the tight ends and quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. do you ignore the alarm when people start taking them early? Because that's pretty much what happens. You see one go, and you're like, oh, crap, I've got to get mine now. For me, if I don't get the stack that I'm looking for, like, obviously I have – so I went digs in the first round for myself. So I obviously if I could have gotten Josh Allen, um, I would have. I'm not taking in my second round. I think that's too early. Um, but if I could have, if he would have been available in the third round, I would have taken him. But he yeah. got taken two, uh, three, two spots before me. Almost. And if you're listening, um, like, what are you talking about stacking players? If you can get the top quarterbacks, which are Allen, um, Hurts, and Mahomes, as far as right having top receivers, so you're trying to get Kelsey and Mahomes together, or I mean, even Lamar or Mark Jackson or um, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, Mark yeah, Andrew, Mark Jackson. Right. So, but none of that <laughs> happened in our league. No. Um, and so I no. knew, I knew where you were in eight, yeah. that it was going to be Diggs or Brown. Yeah. And then my job, if you didn't pick up their quarterback on the turn, yeah. my job was to grab one of those quarterbacks so you didn't get them. Right. And, and I, hopefully other people were thinking that like that. But since we had a quarterback go in the first pick mm-hmm. on our fourth pick of round one, yeah, it messed up a lot of those well, stacking Well, it really changes, and then I think people kind of panic picked. Um, don't that's another like don't panic pick like that's, that's me I'm a yeah, panic picker I don't don't because once you start to panic pick and you're like oh I'm not gonna get the guy like I'm not upset having Dak Prescott in the ninth round 
Like mm-hmm. I'm, I have Tony Pollard on my team. Like I'm like that's not like the greatest stack, but I think Tony Pollard is a pass catching running back. Well, and uniquely, Dak Prescott has a lot to play for. Yes. So like Lamar just got paid, but Lamar's going to play hard mm-hmm. till no the day what. he dies. Yeah, absolutely. But not everybody's built like that. Correct. So you have to look at the personality of the player too. So I like players and contract years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Running backs this year is a mess, so I stayed away from it. But you mm. got to have running backs, so I tried to get running backs that I know catch the ball because we're a PPR league. Yeah, we we're a PPR. Yeah. Yep. So then that's that's kind of what you do. You're setting a foundation. Mm-hmm. This is not going to be my team at the end of the year. No. I will say this draft compared to last year, I feel like I'll keep a lot more of these players than I ever have. Right. But injuries and some of them are going to be duds. You're going to have three sure. or four players that are going to be absolute duds. Yeah. Happens every year. It happens every year. But it's shocking the amount of running backs that did not get picked up this year. They were on people's squads last year. Yeah, absolutely. So the turnover rate is crazy. And you got to mm-hmm. k- kind of be ahead of the game on who do you think is going to be phased out in fantasy. Right. Well, and, I mean, uh, you also can look at – so the NFL app, we use NFL Fantasy, which Let's is – Let's talk about that too, by the so way. So they um, – They'll have suggested players or recommended players, things, individuals that they believe um, maybe have higher upside or they think are actually going to um, perform maybe a little bit better than what they did last year, better than what some others think they're going to do. And so um, what they do is at the end of our draft, they give people ratings and rankings. Um, uh, God bless America. Um, So... That was just a good point. There it was. was, it was. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, um, Corey Peterson, uh, who is in our league, he drafted five overall. Um, it told him at the end that he was going to go undefeated and win our league. So last year it told Dr. Another told guy in our league, Dr. He's going to do the same thing. Who ended he, up getting? He went zero and six to start. He started zero and six start the, to start the season. And we were going to finish last, right? It, yes. And yeah. so this year I'm finishing last again with a two and twelve record. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> According to the NFL fantasy, now it, that's like it has no idea. Like I ended up fourth last season, um, and honestly, kind of unfortunate because I had some injuries at the end of my season right. that really ruined that for me. But not saying that I would have won, but I think that you know there were unfortunate circumstances. However, it's you got to be able to do some of your own research. You got to look at multiple places and and people that like you have seen win fantasy football leagues before. People that have an understanding of how the game is played. Um, and not football, fantasy football, because it's different. Like, there are players that I like that aren't fantasy relevant, um, yeah. which is okay. Like, I really like Kadarius Tony. There's a really good chance he is fantasy irrelevant because the Chiefs' offense is everybody wins. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, if you're Travis Kelsey, you win every time, but, like, everybody's a winner. Well, let's say the analytics are trash. Absolutely. And the NFL app is superior to the rest. Sure. It is so much better. I got to work on my phone finally. It is incredibly yeah. easy to use. I mean, I love it over the phone as compared to the computer. Right. It's just easier to manage. Absolutely. Right? But their analytics on the projections preseason and what people are going to do, it's trash. It might be the worst. It, but And the reason why is because they're valuing, they're weighting that value on what people did last year. Yep. And the people aren't really looking forward to what they're going to do this year. Yep. And so if you're looking at those values, those players, and like, oh, so-and-so's up here, you have to take into account what kind of offense they're going to have, mm-hmm. what kind of teams they're playing, yep. and you know, especially what teams they're playing late in the year because yeah. that's your playoffs, right? Yeah. And so I try to draft a team that gives me a piece of any matchup that I have. I want to be matchup-proof when it comes to the people in my league. Right. So if someone's got Allen, I want somebody on my team scoring points so he doesn't kill me alone. Absolutely. And so you kind of 
create your team based on what in your league would be successful no matter who you're playing. Absolutely. Um, and then you, you're not factoring in trades in that. Like the last two years in our league, I've, I was – my analytics say I'm going to finish last or whatever mm-hmm. and then ended up winning the league. But that's Shoot. trades, right? Finessed. Right. So, you, I mean, I'm creating – I'm getting as much talent as possible – and if I could have a pep talk with these guys, I'd say, hey, you're on my team today, and that doesn't mean anything for tomorrow. I'd be a lot like Coach Prime. Right. Like, hey, I'm bringing in new guys week to week. I don't stream a lot. I was able to get the Niners, you know, without um, – who's the guy that's on um, Bosa? Oh, Nick Bosa. They don't have Nick Bosa. could be in trouble. Right. But, like, I might not stream a defense. I might just keep them. Yeah. But, um, but I didn't expect to get them. But most of the time I'm going to – create scenarios with what I've got. I don't stream a lot of guys, but a lot of people stream tight ends every week, yeah. kickers, defense, even quarterbacks. Yeah. So matchups are important. You have to pay attention. Uh, we probably pay attention more than we should. Sure. My wife would tell you that, absolutely. So will mine. Um, my kids, I tried to turn my volume down every time I was doing the draft because it would do the little notification, <laughs> much like your computer today. Yeah. And my kids are like, you're doing another draft, aren't you? And I was like, mm-hmm. hey, you watch... Hey, you Dude, go, perfect. Go do your homework. Yeah, you go <laughs> get away from me. I don't have time for that. But they've asked me a lot of questions. They're interested in it. They were here for the draft night, yep. and they thought it was cool. We had, we brought food. You dressed up. We had the board. Mm-hmm. Explain a little bit what you're thinking. Yeah, so um, I, I wanted to do more than what we did last year for the draft. Um, I am the commissioner of our league, and I, I, yes, fine. definitely. And I'm here for Boo. the booze. I love it. I love it. I I what I I wanted it to feel a lot more like. This was a re- this was like an actual event rather than just some dudes hanging out. Can I ask you a commissioner question, please? Would you do you like being the commissioner, or would you rather have someone not in our league being the commissioner for our league? If someone could that was not in our league could be the commissioner, that would be the move. Um, because it is so hard for you because you're difficult. also trying to win the league. How do you Correct. find somebody that wants to manage that? It's not Chris Cano. Uh, well, I think uh, I think your last place person, yeah. like um, two years ago, Chris Denny could have. Yep. Mm-hmm. Stepped out and been the commissioner and said, "Hey, we're going to bring someone new in, right?" And you have to swap out to get back in. You have to be the commissioner. Well, the issue that, and I'm sure if you are a commissioner of your league, you have you have struggled with this before, and that is that um, when trades happen, it it could be a it's supposed to be like this majority vote. We don't ever get votes. We get like two votes, yeah, and. And so I was like, nah. And there was an there was an instance last year where like me being the commissioner was actually really helpful because I had chosen at the beginning of the season to say, listen, I have the ability to deny a trade. Well, we had someone didn't know you could use Ex- waivers. Exactly. Yeah. Someone didn't know they could use waivers. And so they were trying they were they were going to trade like one of the best tight ends for like a defense. <laughs> Which is if you could have been a fly on the wall in this room, you and I are sitting here going, what are they thinking? Right. And, and then so we're just like, let's just ask. Maybe they don't know they can use waivers. Right. So, and so, that was what it was. And so, yeah, I made some phone calls. <laughs> it worked out. I denied the trade. Talked to both sides. And they were cool with it. It was no big deal. But like, so there are moments where that's nice. Uh, but it, it is difficult. So like f- for anybody else, like you guys can make trades together. After week four, that was a decision that we made because I wanted the draft to mean something. We more than is just you and the mouse in your pocket. That's fine. We <laughs> is in myself. He told made, you after he made no. the decision. I made the decision because I wanted the draft to mean more than just one week. If it had up yeah. to me, I would trade on draft night. Right, and that's that's what that's what I want it to not be. Yeah. Um, I want this. I want because what I would like is for people to put a little bit more effort, um, so that the I'm going to go down the list. Doesn't happen again, but it clearly doesn't matter, which is fine, I guess. But 
Um, anyway, I wanted it to be an event. Right. So basically what I did was um, we did a lottery, uh, sort of like, like an NBA lottery, uh, last place for last year. Um, had a 20% chance of getting the first pick. And he got the... And he ended up getting the eighth pick, I believe. Seventh, I think. Seventh? Yeah. Uh, seventh or eighth, right. And so... Um, but he got the spot he wanted. He wanted the 10 spot. We allowed the picks to choose once they got their spot. Well, so. that's what he said after the fact to try to fix. No, he, he had said, I'm going <laughs> yeah, to blow this draft up. He wanted the last pick. He wanted 10, and so he got it, and he did. And, and he wanted to stack. He wanted and to he stack lost and all those stacking opportunities. Right. Um, he actually so he went double running back. He took my yeah. He did double running back tight end. One of them was a rookie. I don't That's like a, him. So anyway, it was a, it was fun. Like there were envelopes. It was, I I don't know. I thought it was enjoyable. What, like your all's experience is obviously different than mine because you weren't a part of that planning pro. You kind of were Corey, but like, it was it was it something that was better than the year before, or were there still things that you would want to do differently? No, I think it was fun. It adds a little excitement to it, a little more. Uh, I don't know, if professionalism. Professionalism is the word, but right. you know, it kind of makes you feel like you're actually doing a draft. Yeah, you have the board. You're over here wearing the. Uh, the blazer is two sizes too small. Like it's, <laughs> it's just it's good stuff. Well, I got, I got a buddy in New York. He was a college roommate of mine. His name's Dan Allen. Yeah, he does a draft with a lot of family and mm-hmm. a lot of and it's the same guys every year. And they do like a boardroom. They announce their picks. We had we came up to the podium. We put our picks on the board. Yeah, I mean we try to do some of that stuff. He doesn't. They do an end of the year celebration for the winner and the loser and all these different things. I mean, and it's he's a graphic design guy, so right. his stuff would be trending in fantasy. If you're trying to like have an idea of what yeah, yeah. high quality fantasy leagues do, I mean it's insane. And it, what it, what it is is this destination for those guys to come together and know right. at this season of life they're going to be having these fellowship type events mm-hmm. and they're going to be in communication. Yeah. I wish my brothers and I honestly I woke up this morning like I need to call my brothers yeah. just to, just to see how they're doing and get fed from that sort of um, encouragement that I get from them. And so camp is like that for me and yeah. my brother Craig, right? He comes to camp and we have that special time. Um, fantasy's become that. And it's a joke to some people because it's like fake football. Right. You're creating a fake football team for f- people who watch football that's fake. Yeah. And then you're, <laughs> you know, I mean, we're. Sure. It's it's kind of like Dungeons and Dragons for sports people. It is, which I appreciate. Yeah. And I like both. So <laughs> yeah. we're in a good spot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be a great fantasy season. Uh, I'm looking forward to pretty much every matchup that I have this year. I think that some teams are – I think most teams are pretty solid. We have a few that I think are going to get walked over, which is fine. Yes. Um, and there are there are a few. In fact, Corey's team, I'm, I don't want to knock it, his first three picks, Kelsey, CeeDee Lamb, and Allen, even Connor. That's a good base for a team. Yeah, that's a good start. The rest of his team, in all my mock drafts, there was maybe one or two players that I had picked up ever. Yeah. So it's amazing how many pl- people picked up players, and I'm like, wow. I don't even recognize some of those names. Right. So like, and right. I got players that I just didn't think I would get, and I'm like, I'll take them every time. Yeah. And I may be wrong. I may finish dead last, but I'm very happy with what I got. Right. Um, I will say basic advice. You only need one kicker. You only need one defense. Pick them late. Yep. Last year we had someone pick two kickers. Yeah, we did. Bold move. It's a bold Why? strategy. Bold strategy. Well, that's like because they were two good kickers, and he thought it was going to be worth something, and it was in waivers. Oh, yeah. But no, but no, no one wants no one's trading for. Yeah, a kicker. I mean it's a. I mean we got one guy with five rookies on his team. Oh, wait, hold on. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five rookies on his team. There's a lot of uh, that's a lot of trust in individuals who have no NFL experience. That'll be an interesting idea. I will say 
uh, I don't know if it pays off in the sixth pick, but um, Carson, who got, who got five rookies, yep. got Jonathan Taylor as a possible keeper. As a possible pick keeper, yeah. Because Jonathan Taylor is on the pup list. Absolutely. That's a, that's a really good move, I think. I don't know if I would have used that. I was hoping to maybe get him at nine or ten yeah. and do the same thing, but he was on it. And he was the first person to pick in the sixth round. Mm-hmm. So his first keeper pick basically yep. is Jonathan Taylor. Well, I'm, I got lucky because. Uh, for whatever reason, they fell. Alvin Kamara was one of those that fell down because mm-hmm. of his suspension. I got him in the sixth, and then Brees Hall in the seventh maybe is steal the draft, in my opinion. That's a good one. Yeah. So I may not have to – I may have two running backs. James, are, you hope not. Your fourth pick was Dalvin Cook. Right. Um, so I may have, you know, two running back ones. The next year, I can just draft wide receivers. Yeah. So, like, that's a it's a nice thing to not have to potentially worry about. Um but we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the season. We'll obviously keep you guys up to date. We'll talk about waivers each week. Um, you know, I we we didn't really plan for this, so I'm not going to throw this out there about people that you would start and sit, um, or what you plan to do with your with your team each week, um, moving into each week. Well, with my strategy, um, I've got three receivers. I'm going to start the first two or sure. three weeks. No, yeah. no doubt, right? Right. Like Tyreek Hill is quarterback proof, so I'm, I'm confident in that. Yeah. Um, St. Brown, Garrett Wilson is people were real high on him. I yeah. got DJ Moore in the six. I think he'll be a, a good one. Yeah. And then George Pickens and Zay Flowers down late. Yeah. And they could be good. Great picks. My running backs. It's going to depend on the matchup. Mm-hmm. And no, I'm I not agree. expecting much because that's what you get when you're picking running backs in 7, 8, and um, 11. 11, yeah. And I only have, I mean, I have four Herbert running backs. Nice, Do what? Khalil Herbert is a great pick in the No, league. yeah. I, mean, so I can't believe – I mean, honestly, I got starting running backs that are going to be heavy usage Yeah, when in, in a late running back decision. So When in doubt, if you see a one at a position on a team, pick it up. Pick them up because they're – yeah. Guaranteed yeah. touches, and you don't need two quarterbacks. You don't. You're not in a ten league. If you, we did a, a 10 fourteen or a sixteen one year. Yeah, and good that's night. Way, we had players that I'd never heard. Yeah, of. like two two quarterbacks, two tight ends, two defenses, two kickers are just like, in my opinion, pretty unnecessary. I like sometimes maybe two quarterbacks to cover a bye, somewhere. but like like yeah. but that's like more with you where Anthony Richardson late late yeah a, as like a maybe. And I'm hoping he's Jalen Hurts in two years. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, or what Justin Fields was last year. Just let him run right. the ball, get all his points. Yeah. And so, like, I, I can see that being a thing. Um, but for the most part, I, I don't know. But to each their own. Some people got um, things they want to do, I guess. That's just not, I guess, what I would do. So what we'll do next week when we record, we'll record before Thursday. It'll come out before Thursday um, so that we can have um, – what we're going to do with our lineups, we'll talk about um, what I think we should potentially talk about more than most are is the flex option. Um, Hold on. Are, are you telling me you think I'm actually going to come in here before Thursday and tell you what my lineup's going to be? Yes. That is the expectation because we do a podcast together, Corey. I know, but if we're up against each other, I'm not. I'm going to give doing... you a disclaimer. Things may change. Wow. <laughs> so Corey will lie no, um, to I'm win a play fantasy the game. football match. We play to win the game. Corey will lie to I win fantasy. I want my name on I this trophy want... three years in a I row. I just want bro. everyone to hear the pettiness in the room right now. <laughs> well, we'll there will be lies. That uh, hey, comment in the comment section who's telling their matchup three days in advance what they're doing. I will. No. Without I question. Will, honest, I will. I'll give you what I should do. Nah, and then I appreciate the conversation. I'm, I'm, I get done preaching on a Sunday. And I'm trying to make sure 
Okay. Sure. I mean, like, obviously, last-minute like, things last happen, but, like... All right. I just uh, need that. I need the whole thing. Yeah, but you can't just make up a last-minute thing. It's got to be real. I can if it wins me the game. Yeah, see, that's... I don't agree with that statement. So don't play my game. Well, it's my game. I'm the commissioner. So I we're going to move now into... Uh, oh, well, our drafts because there's yes. there's other fa- there's other football happening. It's college football, college football, um, which some people think is significantly better than the NFL. So my son Grayson, my son Grayson walked in the room when college game day was on. And he said, "Dad, I love this time of the year. Yeah. I know that fall is here. That turkey is on the way." And it was because of college game day. It just brought those emotions from him, and I just almost wept. I was yeah, like, I love you, son. I mean, it's, I mean, that's honestly. <laughs> Other than almost being 100 degrees on game day, right. you know, you get us some true fall temperatures and we're in business. But. Yeah. Oh, I'm about it. I, I have, I love attending college football games. I'm actually doing that here in a few weeks, going to the A&M Auburn game um, with my wife who went to A&M. Uh, and A&M has some really crazy traditions and wild mm-hmm. chants and what, like, the things that they say and do are literally mostly just against other colleges. Um, so I think you should have her prepare you for what kind of we are. I've already fandom. had that conversation. I was like, "Hey, listen, I don't want to look at everyone in the stands like they're a crazy human beings. So if you could let me know what's are about you, to happen, are you rocking Auburn gear? Yes, without question. I already told her. I was like, "Listen, like I'm not here for AM. Where are y'all sitting? Uh, not in the student section okay, because I don't want to die. Yes. Um, <laughs> But uh, we accidentally sat in the student section in Maryland, Indiana, two years ago. Oh gosh! Ooh, and it was their was homecoming fun. game, Ooh. and um, <laughs> we didn't realize it until um, the guy behind me was super obnoxious, and then lost a bunch of money on the point spread. And I let him know how much that made my day. Well, luckily you probably we left just, quickly. You didn't stick out too much because y'all both have red. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we're Indiana fans, so what are they going to do? Like yeah. get real right. upset? But yeah. anyways. Um, are we all right. talking college football before the draft, or are we, t- are we, um, we going right into the draft? Let's talk. Let's do the draft, and okay. then we'll talk about college football after, all right, cool. um, because I think maybe this will lead into some of the other things that yeah. that we got going on. So, um, Corey, I believe you have the number one overall in this draft. This is college football traditions, 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 draft. and so I, I, I want to. I'm not. I'm not going to necessarily give like hard, fast rules to what the traditions are, but. The goal is to things that are very specific to specific colleges. Yes. Um, so, like, we if you, we could stay away from things that obviously several colleges do. Um, if it's very the more specific it is, I think the better it is. Yeah, like the unique pregame rituals. Correct. Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, all right, Corey, do it. All right, um, man. Go ahead. Um, yeah, no, gonna, I'm not gonna. I'm, I know. Take a good I one. know where your heart's at there, James. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with one that I think is really important. It may not be on your list, and I'm gonna regret it. But um, at Iowa, at the end of the first quarter, they have the the Kinnick wave. The f- uh, fans wave at the children's home. Oh yeah, I love that one. Steed Family Children's Hospital is right thing. there by the mm-hmm. by the stadium, and so yep. the the kids in the children's hospital have like signs and things, and the fans all turn and wave, and they oh, wow. engage them in the yeah. game, and Super it's a cool. tradition. It's a cool tradition, and for our church league podcast. I'm leading with that because it's bigger than football, mm-hmm. and Iowa gets it. And some, I'm not saying that other universities don't, but they're uniquely positioned to be able to include that, and it's just a beautiful moment. No, I completely so. agree. So That's now, awesome. you, no matter what any of the rest you say, it can't be as nice as, or as good as that one. So this is true; it cannot be. So that was mine. Good one. That's a very good one. Who am I up next? Yeah, it is, is you. Me? My number one is going to 
Chief Osceola and the Renegade with Is Florida it? State. You better take it because I'm taking it. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no way. That, <laughs> that Even just watching it, I've never been there, but watching it on TV, watching the, uh, the Native American come out on the horse and just what he does like... I don't know what he does. He gets up on two legs and kind of spikes the uh, flaming spear. It's on fire. It is. I mean, I can only imagine being there on TV. It's intense enough, but yeah, that's number one. That's pretty pretty legit. No, that's solid. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I mean, Tumor's Corner. Um, What is that? Tumor's Corner. Let me tell you what Tumor's Corner (laughs) is. Uh, Tumor's Corner is actually the intersection of Magnolia and College Street Mm -hmm. in Opelika, which is where Auburn University is. uh, basically, what Auburn fans do after they win games is they will take. Actually, it has j- started back this year because um, the trees were poisoned. Because trees were poisoned by an Alabama fan. Yeah. Was, it, was it? It was no. It was one hundred percent proven <laughs> because he <laughs> called in to the. Was it the Paul Feinbaum show? Yeah, I think so. And he called in and was like, "Hey, I poisoned those." Or he said, "I poisoned those trees." And he said the exact things that they were poisoned with. And then he came back and was like, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. And they're like, you literally said yeah, exactly. You said it like, in the on. worst like, place to say it. Like, come on, man. <laughs> um, and so um, that, has, that hasn't happened for a long time now. And this is the first year that it's coming back. Now, are the trees, what happened? Did they save the trees? They saved the trees, okay. uh, which is great. But it has taken up until now for them to be healthy enough for them to believe that like, every arborist in the southeast was yeah essentially you know, and so <laughs> they all had to watch the Lorax together yeah and then they decided to um, so what happens now is that after wins people go and they throw toilet paper all over the trees um, when when if it's even if it's home or away because uh, it started with the tumors drugstore how he went and threw ticker tape over it when he found out on the radio that Auburn had won and so now it's done. Every home or away game after a win. I bet he sells a lot of toilet paper. I bet he does now, um, which is crazy. Um, Are you waiting for environmentalists to come in and be like, hey, this is a huge waste of resources? Probably. um, Somebody will, and they'll be all right. Um, So, yeah. All right. Oh, no, I get to go again. Snake. Um, All right. Uh, One that I think is super iconic is the... University of Florida Gator Chomp. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I think that everybody knows what it is. You can go anywhere in the United States and do that, yeah. and people know exactly. If you don't know what he did, he did the chomp. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, it is a thing. <laughs> I mean, people know exactly what it is. I think that it, it can't be more iconic. Um, I mean, there are things that are iconic, but like it is something that is yeah. up there on the list. And it's cool. Like yeah. I think that it, it serves its purpose. Which is nice. Want to have tens of thousands of people in one stadium doing it before the game? It's kind of yeah. It's pretty intense. Yeah, James. My number two is going to Virginia Tech. Yeah. Uh, they pregame they play Inner Sandman by Metallica and they'll jump around. I've been there for I think I've been to maybe two Tech games. Yeah. But it is intense. Like yeah, I literally the first time I got nervous. I thought the stadium was going to collapse. It's like this is not safe, guys. It's crazy. But yeah, that's uh, that's pretty pretty intense moment. Yeah, no, that's dope. It's, yeah. su- it's super cool. I went to one Tech game last year, and it was against Georgia Tech, and so it, it was like that's so ACC play. It was but, ACC play. The yeah. stadium wasn't even like to capacity, and it was still like, well, this is kind of because they sing it, yeah, and they turn the music off, and then it's people just singing, and you're like, yeah. oh, this is. I feel like I'm back in Church of Christ. Well, that song's pretty, pretty um, intense too. This is, a cappella is pretty yeah. fantastic. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, that no, was good stuff. So. All right, I get two in a row. Yes. I'm going um, rivalry, rivalry week. 
Ooh, that's a tough one to say. Yeah. So, like, um, specifically for me, it's Indiana Purdue, the old Oaken Bucket. So there's always some kind oh, of yeah, traditional yeah, yeah. Um, prize or game. Like, yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to take any of your your rivalries off the board. Sure. But um, but the fact that, um, you know, ESPN and other um, um, hosts, I guess, for these talks, oh, yeah, 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 else, they're highlighting these matchups. So Army Navy and some of these others. I mean, those. It's just a huge sort of part in that season where you're going to have these matchups. And I'm sure when we talk about college football after the draft, maybe we'll talk about some of the the realignment of the um, of the different conferences because that could really yeah. mess with um, rivalry week. Week. I have a hard time saying that, but um, but yeah. So Indiana. Um, Purdue, in particular, the Oaken Bucket for me is uh, really cool. So it has like a a little um, charm that hangs off it for which team won, okay. and um, it's just it, especially for teams that don't make bowl games. It's like, hey, this is our bowl game, yeah. and Indiana Purdue are both in that situation often. So I like Rivalry Week, and that's um, that's in particular that one. And then um, one tradition for me is College Game Day. Yeah, it's the pregame show leading into, um, and from that. Um, I'm going to say Washington State flag. So October 18th, 2003, a Washington State flag showed up, and they were wanting college game day at some point to come to their stadium. Yeah. Right? And so every college game day from that point on had Washington State flag flying in the background. And so they were either Uh, traveling to where college game day was going to be so their flag would be seen, or now they're like UPSing a kit of the of the Washington State flag to people in that area who show up at the game, and this streak yeah. is over 200 ga- college game days. And so October 18, 2003, game day came to Washington State, and all the flags are Washington State flags. So, um, so really, really, um, <laughs> and they still lost. Yeah, October 20th, 2018. Yeah, so um, just a really cool thing. Um, th- you know, somebody said, "Hey, we want to be relevant in this." And so the the Washington State flag in that is kind of an iconic part of that. But the signs, if do you read the signs? So oh, yeah, South Carolina, funny, North Carolina yes. college game day. Some of those signs I couldn't read out loud to my oh, kids. Oh, no, you cannot. But it's yeah. really cool. And I saw some like, hey, Jesus loves you signs in there too. So it's a really neat moment for the fans to be able to express themselves. But college game day, I, I have a hard time having to remind myself. I've still got three more hours till college football <laughs> actually gets played. Yeah. So it, I don't want to get too stationary, but it's kind of the background noise of my Saturday in the fall. Yeah. All right. That's solid. Yeah. James. Uh, my next pick is going to uh, – I'm going to keep it simple here. The uh, Notre Dame coming down the tunnel, play like a champion, where they just slap the uh, the sign. Oh, the yeah. Champion. Yeah. It's I don't, it's just pretty iconic. Just yep. – uh, uh, to be honest, a lot of times I walk around and I'll slap door frames just because of that. Did you say play like a champion today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's in the champion. stairwell between the home team locker room and the tunnel to the field. Yeah. So Growing up, actually, and I watched a lot of Notre Dame growing up. Yeah. Cause I think just NBC played every Notre Dame game locally, yeah. so... Yeah. Well, and it's Rudy. You get. I mean. It's, yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of other teams have that sort of similar play like a champion. Yeah. Sort of, it's so iconic. Some type of symbol. Yeah. I think yeah. Louisville has a rock that they touch before and then they go down. Clemson, Clemson does. Rock, oh, it's yeah. Clemson. Howard Rock. Yeah, it is. It's um that was on my list as well. Clemson. They run down. There's a hill there. Howard Rock, yeah. former coach Frank Howard. Yeah. That was. I wasn't gonna. That, that scares me because they're coming. They're running down that hill. And they're like jumping in the air and like oh injuries waiting. Yeah, we twist an ankle or something <laughs> silly. It's gonna happen eventually. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go with um, 
I'm not just going to say the Army Navy game in general, yeah. but they have several traditions within that game. Um, and w- one of them is the the seating of the cadets, and that's when they come in. And the stadium is silent; like you're not uh, you're not supposed to speak. And so you have, I mean, and, and these game this game is always sold out, always. Yes. And so you get into a stadium of like I think it's sixty, seventy thousand people, and it is silent. It is a it's crazy. Um, they also do one more tradition at the end, which hasn't really caught on in the college football. And like, I'm a competitive dude, so like, I don't really know. But it's they call it honoring the fallen, where the losing side goes to the winning side, and they sing their song with them. Yeah. Um, and then they then the winning team goes back, and or, and the winning team goes and does it with the. It's with not going to catch team. on to college football. It, because it will not. It means um, more correct. for what those players are experiencing. Absolutely. And they do flyovers. They do. It's so. It is yes. such a beautiful. No, I, I um, agree. Display of sportsmanship, but of also tradition. Well, it's like the military traditions and yeah. certain, you know. It, it's a really cool com- combination of those things. Um, and I am uh, going to take another Auburn one because I feel like it's this cool. Is and it they, sw- they play Sweet Home Alabama? No, they would never do that. <laughs> um, uh, it's actually, uh, they um, fly an eagle around the stadium before the start of every yeah, game, War Eagle, um, and you know people chant, and it's actually really, really cool. He's never like hurt anybody. I was about to ask, has he ever never, never landed on I mean, the wrong it's, arm? It's an eighty thousand person stadium, and he's never like landed on a human but he's being. Pooped on somebody? I'm sure. sure, he poops. That's it good happens. Luck. Um, <laughs> That's good luck. Yeah, but, but do you think people are like, I got pooped on today? That'd be kind of cool, actually. That's Save that shirt, man. <laughs> I'm sure that happens at oft, oftentimes at Auburn games, um, not just from the Eagle, though. So. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a, I, think, I think that's obviously, I think that's SEC a... SEC football, baby. As an, as an Auburn fan, I'm obviously biased there, but I do think it's cool that, like, that is kind of their thing, to have an Eagle fly around the stadium. Well, and Eagles and, are and, just... And the Eagles are... Very majestic. Singing sweet, man. James? How many picks do I get this time? I feel like I got a lot uh, You're going to have two more. Okay, let's go. Uh, next one is going to Ralphie the Buffalo. Mm. Yeah. Colorado running out. Uh, I, first of all, these the handlers of this Buffalo are absolutely insane. They are wild. To yes. just grab on and go for a ride yes. up to the middle of the field. They're like and yelling and screaming. Like, that's crazy that yeah. like this Buffalo could get spooked and you're losing. Do like, you think... Do you think Prime is out there doing combines for buffaloes now to see who's got the fastest buffalo? Or? <laughs> uh, I think he gets nowhere near that. You're cut, Ralphie. You're you don't think either. he'll. You don't think he'll ride that buffalo once? No, that I would think be he awesome. will never ever do. Do that. any of y'all have other mascots on your list? Yeah. Um, okay. I won't. I won't. Yeah. Okay. We'll keep going. So Ralphie yeah. the buffalo. Yeah, Ralphie. All right. Um, I'm gonna take halftime, and I don't like halftime necessarily, but the HBCU bands. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Um, in fact. Um, the the halftime shows are so much more intense for the HBCU because they act as brand ambassadors for the university. Right. So the bands oftentimes are historically more popular than the football team, and especially yeah. like homecoming. So they almost have like a battle of the bands. So I like that even more than Ohio State. Oh, the O, the tuba, no, and then the he dots I. the I, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah. But um, the HBCU bands are just so much more hype. So much more lit, as the kids would say. I mean, we have Norfolk State um, is yeah. kind of in that. And I want to go. Cool. I want to go and see it. Absolutely. But, um, but yeah, halftime shows specifically for people who take it very seriously. And, in fact, they say at, um, during some of the HBCU games, when the bands go down, people come into the stadium and sit where the band was sitting yeah. just to watch, and then they leave. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. That's when you know you're kind of crushing it. Yeah. And then I go again. This is my last this pick. This is your last pick, yeah. 
Ooh, that's important. I get my last pick right. Um, I like bowl games. Yeah, I like um, I like the matchups, and of course, like the playoffs and all that. Um, it's exciting, and the national championship game is always a big deal. But I'll watch the whoever foot care bowl. In, in the middle of Spokane, Washington, or somewhere in Idaho. Yeah, yeah. If the matchup's good. So you get um, East Carolina and, you know, who knows who else playing together. Or like last year, Tulane mm-hmm. and USC or the Boise State when they beat Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get some really good opportunities for teams to prove themselves and create some um, some big upsets. Right. So bowl season, um, some of the traditional bowls, the Rose Bowl, um, I'm, I'm, I'm missing some of those, mm-hmm. that traditional feel, yeah, the, the yeah. matchups you get from that too. But um, but bowl games, to me, I like. A lot of people think they're watered down and it's too much. Yeah. But I do like to watch teams that I'm normally not going to be able to watch because Notre Dame's always on. Mm-hmm. Or I have to watch whoever is regionally relevant in this right. th- this area. Right. So, Which is, I guess, Virginia, 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 Virginia Tech, Tech. Yeah. Well, um, Maryland, or, you know. Yeah. A bunch mm. of teams don't really matter these days. ACC, which I didn't grow up watching ACC football. Right. And we'll get Stanford and Cal here now. We do get some Big Hard Ten. I get, we get some Pennsylvania. We'll get Penn State. Yeah. We get some Big Ten. Penn I mean, that's State the thing about the Big Ten. We'll talk about conference realignment. Yeah. You could be anywhere in the nation. You're watching Big Ten these days. Absolutely. So, all right, James, your last pick. Last pick. I'm going to give a shout out to the University of Hawaii. Okay. Um, Nobody probably watches this because it comes on in the middle of the night for the East Coast people. <laughs> right. But they do a, uh, a pregame cultural dance. Like a uh, oh. It's actually I don't know, Hawaiian, Samoan, but it's one of those like mm-hmm. ritual dances. That's cool. And, uh, it, like a haka? haka? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's called, yeah, that's what it's called. Haka. Yes. Yeah. yeah, dude. So it's, That's uh, sweet. Yeah. I didn't know they it's did that. Cool. I know. I kind of wish I was Samoan. Sometimes. For that. I mean, Johnson, it is, that's hardcore. Yeah. I've seen that done at weddings. I've seen it done at a lot of different things, but that's, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. The uh, New Zealand team does it before they play. Have you seen them they, before they play the U.S. teams um, in FIBA? Yeah. And, like, they've done it. They did it this year, and they did it, like, four or five years ago, or six years ago or whatever. And, like, both times the U.S. responded the exact same way with just, like, mouths open. Like, what is happening yeah, right now? That's intense, yeah. <laughs> it's cool, though. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a quick shout-out to Texas A&M um, with their mascot, Reveille. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a border collie. Uh, it is a border, or, or is it a collie? No, it is a it is American collie. American that's, collie. That's what it's Sorry, Lass- I don't know if they're Lassie. An American yeah. Lassie. Um, some fun facts about. I mean, that's a crazy fan base. So to say border collie, I'm already. Yeah, they, right. there's people that hate you right now. Um, but I tried. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You're good. You got collie right, collie, which for yeah. other people that is fine. For Lauren, we've, we've owned miniature collies, miniature shelties before. So, yeah. like, they're b- wonderful dogs. Absolutely, beautiful so, animal. A few things that I have learned um, from being married to a an A and M alumni, but then also some things that I learned now is that actually Reveille is the highest ranking member of the Corps of Cadets at Texas A and M. Wow! Um, as a five star cadet general, whatever. Um, one of the things that I think is cool: the dog or an actual person? The dog. What's his pay grade? The dog. That's, um, that's insane. They have a handler. So the handler is like, which is a big deal. Like to be the handler of Reveille is like a huge deal. The Reveille goes with you to class. It stays with you in, the, in your dorm. Like it is a very oh. like serious full time so job. It's a student? It's a student. Oh, wow. It's a, it, is a, it is a cadet. It's Once a again, cadets. that's a lot of pressure. I've had a, a, a 
a collie breed, yeah, they take care of themselves pretty well. Yeah, for Some the, of the smartest part. dogs ever. That that dog is handling the handler. Um, I will say so. Like the so Reveille goes to class with this cadet. <laughs> if the dog, if Reveille barks, class is canceled. Everyone gets to leave. Fun fact. So everybody's like itching for the bark. No, I'm, no, it's a real thing. You're not like you have to like ask to pet the dog if you do it without. Like it's a bit like it's it's a no no. Like there's some things that are like pretty crazy. It's his eighth generation, which we're at now with it. Yeah. Um, Does he also do like Westminster uh, dog shows? Uh, no, not allowed to do that. I don't actually know that he that like Reveille is allowed. Not to that campus except for except for the games. Except for I games. will say if we had a um, a matchup like ultimate death match between um, mascots. I'm probably going with Florida Gator over Reveille. Right. I'll pick the Georgia Bulldog over the Collie. I mean, like... Well, Handsome Dan is Yale's. Yeah. It'd be interesting to just have Bulldogs against you. But then we're kind of getting to Mike Vick territory there, so we probably ought to be careful. Yeah. We don't need to, like, have <laughs> animals fighting. Well, if it happened naturally and you didn't, like, right. entice it. Well, it happened naturally with Ugga, Georgia, and Texas, Bevo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because Bevo tried to stick the horn in him, and they were like, no, nah, we're not friends. That was actually going to be one of my picks, Bevo. Yeah. Apparently, there's been multiple incidents where it has got out and, like, destroyed cars. And one time, it ran around on campus for two days. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> also, quick, if just mascots in general, shout out to the University of Northern Alabama, who has two lions on campus. Wow. In, like, like a habitat. Just consistently. They bought them from Tyson. Like Tyson? Probably. Yeah. Um, Those are tigers. Uh, wild. Also, Oklahoma. They have that schooner that oh, comes schooner, out. Oh, schooner, schooner, or whatever. That, that is. thing schooner, flying schooner. around. Dude. That's dangerous. You seen the thing where it flips that yeah, one time? Yeah, yeah. That, hilarious. They were all okay. That's why yeah. it's funny. But, but like, an incredible tradition. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The power T for Tennessee. I mean, it's not like an incredible tradition, but it is a thing. I guess if I'm going for mascots, I'm taking Air Force. Because they're coming in and just lighting everybody up <laughs> with some kind of like. Well, I think we have to. You know, we have plane. to say animals, right? Yes, a, a jet versus anything. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going. WKU Hilltopper, baby. No one even know yeah. what that thing is. Yeah. Um, it's a nuclear. Just freaked out. It runs <laughs> away. It's a nuclear event. All the Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, yeah. No. I mean, obviously, we know that there are a bunch of other traditions that like we that that are there that we didn't talk about. There are a bunch of colleges tailgating. Ole Miss is, I think, oh, yeah. one of the best. Um, I didn't know Tennessee and Washington. They both have um, Tennessee have the Vol Navy. Yeah, I guess because it's on Tennessee River, they have boating tailgating. Yeah, Washington yeah. does too on Lake Washington, Sick. so people can kind of boat in. There's only so many spots. Yeah, and so it's like Redneck Yacht Club, especially Tennessee. Um, I don't know if we can say this anymore because Penn's because of whatever happened, but like Penn State has Paterno Town. Mm. I saw uh, that. I, I was like, I don't know. If I, I don't know, that. but like, it's a thing. It's like and big tailgating, trying to get in before the game or whatever. Like, we we won't get it's too a much trap. Into that, I'm not talking about any of that. <laughs> um, nope. But we, you know, we started to we started to talk a little bit about this when we were talking about um, when we were doing our draft. But like, there have been a bunch of shakeups, um, or there are going to be several shakeups in college football and conferences. Yeah. Um, I, I, like Stanford and Cal are joining the ACC. Seems like the dumbest thing. USC, UCLA. Is that official? Yes, yes, that is official. So I thought I saw a couple weeks ago it was got voted on, but a lot it of did, people voted it down. Nah, they, they, voted on they don't have a choice now. They gotta, How does that make nowadays. any? So you're gonna send some kid from from North Carolina to play a Wednesday night right? That's what we were, that's what we were talking about. Stanford? I mean, other sports other than football, like I specifically baseball, who who potentially play three different teams in a week. Yeah, like or basketball. Or, what are yeah. you gonna? What do you do with that? Like, yeah. so you're gonna have students who go to Stanford, which is what Corey mentioned the other day. Was that like Stanford matters academically? Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna go play a game on Monday at Clemson, and then they have a game Wednesday against 
Wake they're going to stay on the East Coast. They're going to have to stay on the East Coast. There's no reason to come back. Yeah. That that is that's wild to me. That's, that's so that's when money becomes too big of an issue. Yeah. Well, one of the theories that I've heard, and I don't disagree, is that where college football or basketball, the you know, the driving force is monetarily, when really it's college football. Sure. That maybe they have these conferences just for football. But yeah. the rowing teams stay regional because it makes more sense. It does than, make more I mean, sense. to tote that equipment. And then you're talking male-female sports. Mm-hmm. College football has to support uh, all the revenue sharing is the thing. But, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of yeah. transportation. Yeah, it's football. You're scooting in for one day. Mm-hmm. Like, or not one day, but, like, you're there for one game, and then you're I'm, moving on. I wonder if NIL had anything to do with this because now they're realizing, oh, shoot, we got to pay these kids. We still want to make the same money that we made beforehand. So we need more people knowing who we are and what we do. So let's well, let's cover the entire United States. It feels like that's what the Big Ten did, I think, before yeah. maybe. SEC looked like they were grabbing talent from the other conferences when they yeah. were kind of weak, and they were grabbing the best talent. Mm-hmm. And that eight, the Big Ten for years, the Rutgers move didn't make sense to me, but right. now it makes sense to me mm-hmm. because you grabbed an East Coast market, and now you're grabbing the best of some of the West Coast market. And now, in any time zone, Big Ten – Football, basketball, sports are going to be played. Yeah, across any. So you're able to get that talent. You're able to get awareness for universities. Um, so there's a lot of bonus for that because of the the markets of those teams playing at different times in different networks. So every network can be represented by the Big Ten. And then so like the Longhorn Network for Texas, that's no longer going to be relevant. Now there'll be some kind of way in which yeah. SEC takes advantage of that. But if you're only on ESPN, guess what? It's, they don't have a monopoly on it anymore because now the Big yeah. Ten can be on Fox. They can be on mm-hmm. CBS. And it's interesting this year they're like, hey, the, the Pac-12 is undefeated this first week in football. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, the talk it up. Like, the, yeah. it's in, th- they didn't play each other. They didn't have any conference games. And the, yeah. where, in, where in the Big Ten, Indiana got stuck playing Ohio State week one. Yeah, they did. And you're just trying not to get killed. Right, literally, so you can have players to play the rest. They didn't of the get year. killed, by the way. Like it was they, no, they were close. Game. They made a mistake before the half. Yeah, where they went for it on fourth down, and they could have kept it at like seven three, mm-hmm. and they ended up giving it 10, 10 three, which is a big deal. And then, then the players got hurt. Your our right. entire secondary got hurt, and against Ohio State, you can't. You need miracles to happen, almost like. Clemson, Duke. Yeah, you need a lot of goal line fumbles and mm-hmm. crazy things that happen for a Duke to pull yeah. up. And Duke's way more relevant than Indiana. But over the last ten years, they've been about the same. I don't know Duke football. I mean, they've had a couple of spurts, but they're not doing any damage. Well, they won nine games last year, yeah, and I this mean, year they come out hot. That's actually I had that written down. That was their first win over a ranked team in thirty years. Well, it's been that long since Indiana, almost that's thirty wild. years since they beat Ohio State. I, I think that yeah. I mean, it's a. Hey, bef- before you get off Duke real quick, yeah, I was ahead. telling Corey before this, at postgame, the Duke quarterback mm-hmm. was asking for an extension for one of his professors oh, yeah, live on TV because yes. he was like, uh, you know, we kind of just got done with this game. Like, you know, big big deal. Like, I know it's doing a couple hours. And it was pretty he's, funny to see he's him. He also yeah. could be a better basketball player than football player. Yeah. There are viral videos of him, 360 dunk, and I'm like, that's crazy. So he's an athlete. Yeah. And he showed it. He scrambled and changed that game. Mm-hmm. Um, Clemson lost that game. Yeah, and I was gonna, gonna be say. like, "Oh, yeah, run yeah. the ball at the goal line." They did, and they fumbled twice. Right, they had some really unfortunate things, and I think they'll be good. I think they could still win the ACC. Right, Florida State looks really good, and the transfer portal and NIL is really helping them. Um, it's it's like football right now is driving all these universities into a direction that I don't know if it makes sense, and no one can know because they've never been right. here before. 
Yeah. And uh, then you get Colorado, Coach Prime, 80 players new, and everyone yeah. thought, oh, they're going to be terrible. They're not going to be much worse than they w- they, there's no way they were going to be worse than they were before. No. I think they caught TCU in a weak spot after a high moment, new offensive coordinator. There's a lot of things that have changed in that offense. And Colorado came in and punched them in the mouth. Well, well, you also have one of the best players in the country right now with Travis Hunter. Well, you know, that's I mean, also when yeah. you know you haven't been there before is when you're bragging about beating TCU. Right. Like, I mean, we're, we're I mean, oh, they were in the national championship. They Clearly they should not but, be in the national yeah. championship. But yeah. when you're 1-11 – Sure, I mean, I've I mean, been there. Yeah, but they can't be worse. That's what we're saying. Like, it's not like they could be worse. Yeah, and and, and like it's a whole new team. But they were a 21, 20 something point underdog. I mean, no one saw that coming, and no one who was at least the bet- Vegas, at least those who which were is betting. wild that Vegas was like, nah, that's crazy to me yeah. because he clearly brought in talent. I, and I don't want to dwell on Colorado. I wish it wasn't all about Coach Prime. I agree, and I like Dion. But even he's like, hey, call me Coach Prime. I'm like, his, um, and he's marketing that, and it's a deal. Sure. But his son's a real deal, though, quarterback. Yeah, he's yeah. good. I was, I mean, 500, 500 plus yards, four touchdowns. Five, yeah. ten. No, I, and, and it wasn't like. He set a school record his first game. And it wasn't like he's, you know, 10 yards, and then it's runs. Yeah. It's not like it's yak. It's like in the air. He was throwing the ball. And and he was throwing dots. Yeah. I mean, the balls were, it was it was very impressive to, to watch his composure, um, especially when TCU was going back and forth with him um, because yeah. he could have easily just been like, uh, this is this is too much. I'm going to force some stuff. You didn't really see that from him. Mm-hmm. When he spread it out, too, he didn't just like go after Travis Hunter. Yeah, four, yeah. He had four players with over 100 yards. Yeah. yeah, It'll be interesting to see what happens when he plays a team with a great defensive line um, or, or some great pass rush because TCU didn't re- doesn't really are have they, that. Are they Big 12 or are they Pac-12? Tw- pack I, tw- I don't even know anymore. They're Pac-12, um, I think, and then Big 12 next year. Well, there's no, def- there's no defense anyway. No. Like, it's not like – No. And that's, that's the, that is the biggest difference, in my opinion, between the SEC and any other – section of college football yeah. is defense. Big Ten tries to compete with defense. Big Ten can... Right. Big Ten and SEC, I think, are the closest comparison to quality, but Absol- the SEC I, has I agree. Pac-12. Pac-12. Golly, dude. But, they're, but they're Big 12 next year. Yeah. yeah and TCU. That's a Big 12 robbery all of a sudden. Yeah, <laughs> which is going to be interesting. College football is obviously something we're going to talk about regularly. I, I think that um, they don't play anybody. I'm looking at their schedule right now. They, I know. they should. They'll just cruise. They play Nebraska. Too. I mean, you play Nebraska and USC. That's about it. USC will be a good matchup. Yeah. Uh, well, I say that. I think USC will beat them. But Caleb like, Williams, Williams looks like the real deal. He does. He's just he does. Like He's, I'm not a huge fan, but he looks like Patrick so Mahomes cocky, out there. Though, man. He's so yeah. cocky. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that plays out for him. Um, I think he's good, though. I'm not gonna pretend like he's not good. You know, when the Heisman being bad. Yeah. So. But yeah, I mean, I, it's it's going to be a great college football season. I think there'll be a lot of parity, more than what we're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I I used to think that the NIL was going to create less parity, and I think maybe the opposite now, um, because homeboy that's a five star recruit can get paid more money going to Wyoming than he can Alabama, because Alabama's already paying other five star recruits that are better than him. Yeah. So, um, well, I'm glad that there's a, I'm quote quote fingers. There's a legal way to pay players. Yeah. I agree because it was getting it was happening anyways. Yep. And when you're at Indiana University and you're making a an ethical decision not to do that, and I'm not saying that we've never made mistakes when sure. things like that, but um, and you're seeing other teams win championships, and then oh, we're going to strip that championship because of this or that, or mm-hmm. like Reggie Bush, he got a championship stripped for nothing now. His Heisman. Yeah, his his Heisman. So it's like, come on. Yeah. Um. 
SMU. Dude, there needs to be some apologies. I agree. Do they actually ask for the trophy back? They I'm should. Sure. I would. Well, That's exactly what I would do. Well, hey, um, we're back. I'm glad that we're back. Yeah. This we, is enjoyable. We've I, missed you. I have. I have missed Belgium. Um, Belgium and Brazil. Um, Rick Leach. Rick Leach. Nick Glass. We like, lost them all. We honestly, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, you guys are still with us. Um, I'm sure I'll text you guys and let you know that we're we're putting something out. But um, uh, we're back on the bus. Um, the, the plan is every week. So um, thank you guys for being with us this week, and uh, hopefully you'll be with us again next week. Have a good one. Thank you.